Pura Vida, amigos. Welcome to another episode of La Vida Verde podcast. And I'm Matthew Human, your host. We're here at Finca Vida Verde, of course, as always. And today my guest is Kyle Perry. Kyle Perry is a friend of mine that I met through Network in Tennessee. He's a natural farmer, the founder of the Native Soil Company, which is a living soil company based outside Nashville, Tennessee. He's also an entrepreneur of various things and a recent transplant to the Machuca Valley. So it's going to be a fun conversation. Kyle's a great guy. I'm looking forward to this. So get ready. Here we go. Okay, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you, you for being here. The Vida Verde, La Vida Verde podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, it's bro. So it's great to have you. Um, so I met Kyle. Um, Kyle actually is a is an integral part of this farm now because he saved my booty last year when I was on tour. The farm was sitting here alone. Um, somebody had to leave on a short notice, and I was like putting this out to the universe, like literally like I need somebody immediately got and it's just like who how did that doesn't it, I never thought I mean I really did was hoping and praying and like I mean it and I put it up on Facebook the Oracle and that next day I got a message from this guy Kyle Perry and I was just like okay who is this dude oh he's got dreadlocks I don't know like who is this guy but um actually Kyle was really good friends with some of our very close friends Jenny and Josh who are great farmers in uh, Nashville Tennessee good friends of mine and I called Jenny. I'm like, Jenny, what do you think? Was she's had nothing but lovely, glowing things to say about Kyle. And they're amazing. Yeah, she's right. She's right. It's turned out to be amazing. So thank you. You saved our farm. He showed up here like literally the next two days later. He was on a plane down here, um, taking care of my cat for a month in the rain, and um, which is hard. It's not easy to show up here. What was your experience showing up here in the rain? Actually, uh, well, it was at night. Uh, and raining, so yeah. <laughs> not not the prettiest picture of Finkavita Verde. No, no, um, but you know it was just part of the experience of getting here. And then you know uh, when the sun popped up in the morning, uh, and, and you know really able to see everything. Um, you know I just knew that uh, uh, it was right. And uh, you know thank you again oh. because you uh, you saved my life too. Uh, being here, the farm uh, changed my life. Change your direction. Uh, absolutely, it did. Yeah, but it wasn't as lovely yeah. how this works. Um, yeah, and so like when in one of the things I knew about you before I before I came like was in studying you was you talked about the Native Soil Company, which was your. It was I knew this because I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'd seen the 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 logo, I'd seen the bags, and actually I I think I've seen it in Oregon. Are you your that was a your company? This so this is your company that was based in nashville but you were internet uh, a nationally distributed or uh, yeah we were in about 11 different states at a, um, one point in time and um so um you know just kind of getting around and out there there's lots of great soil companies um you know trying to differentiate us um through the millions of others um you know is a tough thing um you know what makes um native soil different than um other soils and a lot of that um was um creating the inputs uh, and making um you know making these inputs that were going into the soil ourselves instead of um you know buying a lot of them right like external fertilizers and like doing that mm -hmm. and that and that as i've gotten to know you like one of the things i came home to on the farm which i was totally just pleasantly surprised was 
this um what is it called ed um the the, the IMOs? IMOs. Well, I didn't know anything about IMOs. Okay, IMOs are not GMOs. We just had a we just had a long talk with Orange uh, Shadell about the oh, about like GMOs and biotechnology. So it's actually this is a nice you know this is a nice alternative because right. Kyle, you're very into natural farming and organic farming, like traditional methods. Yeah, these um, methods are um, they're easy. Uh, we want to keep them simple. Uh, Keep uh, effective, uh, scientific, and mm-hmm. and easy. Scientifically proven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you know, I mean, there's um, scientific, you know, scientific facts that are based a lot of this. However, these systems and some of the ways that we do things go against uh, how you know in the past sixty years um, how agriculture has changed. Um, and so you know, having an open heart and an open mind. Uh, really, you know, just changed my life as well. Natural farming is a lifestyle. And so, you know, the integration um, with Mother Nature through making your own inputs, um, you know, we are even ingesting our own inputs. Um, fermented fruit juice is um, absolutely delicious mm-hmm. on your granola or pancakes in the morning. But this is something that you made from your farm and, uh, you know, your fruits. And- That's right. I came home and there was like a big batch of um jackfruit vinegar yeah which i still have some which is i don't i've never in my life had jackfruit vinegar so that was super cool and then and then the imo stuff that's like um derived from korean natural farming right and you said if i remember so kyle taught a couple workshops here and in one of those he was talking about how i think you said you stayed up for like you have to mix it every hour or something like that. So uh, watching your IMO pile, um, you have to keep some eyes on it. Yeah. For, uh, um, you know, depending on, you know, temperature and stuff like that, about three days. So I was up, I was up for three days, uh, you know, watching this pile and turning it uh, before it hits a certain temperature. And so, um, but that's, that's part of it. Uh, and doing this with other farmers uh, is a great way to, um, you know, to know your fellow friends, um, you know, tell stories, um, you know, cut up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I mean, and those experiences really um, let us bond right. uh, with, with our farmers because we, you know, our farmers are our friends. Um, we all need to be uh, together in this. We're all in this together and uh, not pitting farmers against farmers, whether they use this type of method or they use another type of method. And so. I love that idea of bringing bringing people together through agriculture because we all eat and yet so many people are not producing their own food. It's like, but, you know, so the more we're doing that, um, that's really amazing. And like I said, you taught Korean natural farming workshops here, um, have, you know, been helping out on the farm. So I've I've learned so much just from having you here. And like and I remember you said something about like the like one of the basis of of KNF, which Korean natural farming is is keeping it cheap and simple, right? I mean, that's the whole... No, low, uh, low cost. Low cost. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's many great agricultural products out there. Um, these things, unfortunately, are mostly water. Um, they come in a plastic container. And, um, you know, what are they, are they really doing? You know, I mean, why can't you create something on your farm um, that is specific to your farm? Um, you know, microorganisms uh, from... Oregon are a lot different than uh, Tennessee or you know Costa Rica. So we Chuka want Valley versus Chuka Chuka Valley. Yeah, I, I mean even you know 15 feet, uh, the biology is different. And so 
Um, yeah, um, giving this type of power back to the farmers uh, is very important. And yeah. you know, this uh, these types of methods um, they're very um, they're very very low cost um, and um, and easy. You know, farming can be confusing. You know, pH and uh, you know the correct nitrogen to uh, to carbon ratio and, and stuff like that. I mean, but when we sit back and we look at nature, um, you know, she's not out there turning a compost pile or worried about pH or specifically grabbing, you know, certain microbes. Um, the bad is the good and the good is the bad. A little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of, of each, you know, keeping that balance there. Um, poison, too much of it will kill you. Um, a little bit of it is medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and just like think, I'm just wanting to like share with the for those of our viewers that are living in the valley here, like who maybe have seen you around and don't know you, like Kyle is a wealth of knowledge. This guy is super humble. He's not gonna like come at you and like, hey, let me do this for you. But this guy has so much information. Like, I mean, I really am Kyle. I really feel this way. Like you, you've cho- shown me, taught me so much in this in this short time and helped our farm so much. And so I really, I really want to encourage people to reach out to you and like, if Thank you, you or teach, if you're open to like teaching more in the uh, valley here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, teaching is, you know, I mean, to, to teach is to relearn. So, you know, I'm consistently learning as well, uh, especially about the types of plants out here, the, the flora and it's, um, you know, just a learning experience that uh, continues. Um, we stop learning, um, we're already dead. So, um, can, you know, continuing uh, learning and, and getting more information and, and it's, you know, it's, it's evolving. Um, these, uh, these type of systems, uh, again, uh, implementing them, uh, you know, up against other systems. I mean, this is, um, permaculture, um, you know, uh, heaven, uh, epicenter, you know, people from all around the world to come uh, to Costa Rica to learn, um, you know, permaculture and, uh, you know, that's, um, and that's a lifestyle. Um, like Korean natural farming, it's a it's a lifestyle. We can read about it, but applying it is um, that's where the true power. Comes. Well, and I think they really work well together. I mean, permaculture and and you know permaculture is often misunderstood, but it's actually a system of design. And people don't all, always understand that when they think of permaculture, they think it's actually a type of farming. It's not actually a type of farming. It's a, it's a way of looking at things and a way of designing things. But Korean natural farming, to me, fits right in. It's just a the you know permaculture is the the screen and like you know this is when you're thinking about the zoom screen korean natural farming is just one of the people watching you know it's one of the little people anyway that's a weird analogy but i like it though it's very covid uh you know informed uh reality i I got a good visual okay that one um Okay, and so, and speaking of learning new things, so um, I know you're kind of new. You you've decided to settle here, actually. Yeah. Um, until they kick me out, you know. Until. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, I'm here. Uh, I'm here indefinite, and uh, you know, there's lots of, um, lots of. I have lots of work to do here in the Machuca Valley, between uh, Lake Ovia, uh, Alegria. Uh, working a few jobs up there. Skeeters, skeeters everywhere, and uh, you know, really. Um, Integrating with um, uh, the local Tico is important, uh, and so I've learned a lot being here. Uh, you didn't come here. You didn't speak Spanish. You, you're so this is a big learning curve for you, like in learning a new culture, learning a new language. And it is. I'm just curious, like if you, what's that been like for you? Oh well, um, you know, it's uh, coming in here, um, guns ablazing like John Wayne. Like I want to help everybody. I want to help. I want to help. Um, but Costa Rica is like. 
slow down. That's not good. That's not how it works here, you know. <laughs> but my uh, my American mentality of you know, let's get this done. Let's get done. Um, you know, Dora Vida. Uh, definitely a slower way of life, which is actually be- better. I mean, I love it. That's why I'm, I choose to be here. But it takes it does take some time to like slow it down. I yeah. I mean, I remember I smoked a lot of weed for years to actually bring myself to the level. I don't even actually smoke much cannabis anymore because I don't need it here. Like when I'm surrounded by these trees, I've learned to slow myself down. My my whole nervous system, my whole life has slowed down so much being here and being around these trees have like healed me like in a way that is like I needed that that kind of medicine back in the States to like, you know, just to keep myself kind of calm a little bit and then coming here even to like be on the level that people are naturally moving on here because my Western brain was just like, you know, constantly like, like you said, immediately I need this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It was like, actually just, we don't have to eat a plastic fast. We can go a little slower and like, we can just enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Like this bird, you know, or whatever. Uh, and observation too. I mean, you know, as, uh, um, you were here and things are working a little bit slower and we're taking in all this um, this, uh, you know, beautiful trees and, and, and fauna and, and animals. Um, it's, uh, it's a humbling experience, um, and to, and to slowing us down. I mean, our lives are wild. Um, you know, we go to work, we have to pay insurance. It's, um, stressful. And so a lot of people, I think, you know, come to Costa Rica, um, to, um, you know, kind of, uh, alleviate that. And this is, um, uh, especially in the Machuca Valley here, um, it has been some of the best medicine that um i could uh, ever ask for i i feel like i and i think like just what what i'm here what i'm feeling is like what you just said about seeing all the animals and the flowers and the different kind of flora and fauna is like you realize that like we're sometimes i think we forget that we're not the top we're not the only things here like humans are not the only thing on this planet like it's hard to remember that sometimes when you're in a city, for instance, in the U.S., like where there's literally no other animals except dogs and cats, you know, and mice maybe, or, or you know, there's occasionally birds, but like even in only half the year because they're hybrid, you know, whatever. It's like migrating and hibernating and stuff because it's so cold up there. But like here, it's just constant. Like you're seeing like the it's it's easy to remember the monkeys and easy to remember like the the sloths and the the various types of birds because they're very present here. <laughs> And that's, I think, what people love about Costa Rica is like they come to see all these animals, but it's more than just it's more than just seeing a new animal. It's like an actual like an it's a reminder that like, wow, we're sharing this planet with a whole lot of other things. And the I think it's just more we're always in everywhere we're doing this. But I think here it's just more more obvious. And and I know you grew up. um, You told me once that you grew up. You've lived in Japan for a while. You were a military brat, or yep. My, my mother was a naval officer uh, for several years. One of the first uh, in the eighties. A very, very strong, powerful woman. Uh, my dad was a, a, a marine as well, so they had my brother in Puerto Rico, and then I was born in uh, San Diego, California. And after a couple of years, we um, we were stationed in Japan. Uh, for about six years. Six years. So moving well, a young childhood. Yeah, so I was going to say, what part of your life? Mm-hmm. From uh, about two to, you know, nine. Two to nine. Yeah. 
Interesting. Around there, yeah. And uh, you, you, so was it easier? Do you, you started learning Japanese language? Ah, uh, skoshi, you know, a little bit. Of course, that's like the only thing I've retained, skoshi. you know, if you skoshi. <laughs> because <laughs> everyone asks you this question. Because everyone asks me the question, you know, skoshi. skoshi. Like, I'm going to start saying that you know, too yeah, when skoshi. people ask me. Um, so, you know, um, and because I was, we lived primarily on a Navy base, you know, everybody spoke English there. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I picked up a little bit of Japanese, but, uh, um, you know, I have lots of really great memories. Um, and some of my first, um, farming experiences, um, you know, seeing, uh, these old Japanese ladies digging sweet potatoes, um, you know, at a sweet potato farm is just, I mean, one of my first memories. And so, you know, and Japan in itself is just, uh, um, beautiful, incredible place that, uh, or credible place because it's there and we can see it incredible. It's, that, um, no. that means not credible. Yeah, exactly. It's not credible. So, it is credible. It is credible. Credible so, culture. So we, we use say uh, uh, Legit. Uh, it is definitely <laughs> legit. Uh, and just beautiful place. Uh, if anybody ever has a chance to go, please, I'd advise you um, to go to Japan at least once. And where did you live in Japan? Because it's—I uh, know this is kind of different micro region. Yeah. So uh, we were mainly the Navy base, uh, the military base at Sugi, and so there were a couple of different bases that we'd go around to. Um, being a young younger kid, um, you know, um, we had the McDonald's, and then the Army base had a, a Burger King, and then you know. The other place, you know, had a Popeye, so we'd have to like go and you know to eat these American uh, type foods. And I remember when we were moving, uh, when we were moving. I know, I know, it's so funny. It's horrible. Yeah, but like the the, the McDonald's and like Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, you know, it was just like, uh, I mean, a five star restaurant there. You know, I mean, really, um, really uh, wild. Yeah. Oh yeah, super cool. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, the food's just a much uh, higher quality, higher quality, and just different. You know, and they just do some really weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I remember asking my mom because we were moving back to the states. I said, uh, you know, mom, is is there going to be a Burger King there? <laughs> she's and she's like, honey, this is like home of the Burger King. I'm like, yes, you know, it's like it's great. You know, I don't eat Burger King uh, anymore. But, Kyle, you know, it's delicious. When I was uh, 18, I worked at Burger King for over a year. I was over for over a year, and it was one of the most awful experience. I mean, I learned and met some cool people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but good but for you. The smell that I would come home, like my clothes, I just, I still can smell it to this day. Like the smell of my clothes, the grease when I would come home. Oh my God! Anyways, but a good experience. I mean, I think everybody should be working. Uh, everybody should have at least one job in the food industry. Did you ever have one? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, was a chef uh, for a few years um, at a, uh, some prestigious schools, Vanderbilt. Uh, um, oh, uh, um, at uh, uh, mainly at a um, um, what's the college there? The Bruins. Um, geez, I'm having a brain fart. In, in where? Na- um, in Nashville. The college, uh, yeah, the popular one, Belmont, Belmont. Oh, uh, Belmont University. Um, yeah, I was a chef which is a big. They have a their Belmont University has a big music program and a big mm-hmm. nursing program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went over to uh, David Lipscomb and. Uh, um, so you were working at schools as a chef. Uh, as a chef, yeah, doing some catering stuff, catering work there, oh, and cool. uh, um, you know, worked in a um, worked in a few restaurants. I've been kind of that stuff. Hungry people are mean people. Um, but, uh, um, but I lost my love for cooking cause I was doing it all the time, you know? And, uh, um, so, uh, but it was, that was a good, you know, stint in, in my life and a good experience. Um, just learning, you know, I mean, uh, take care of the people who are making your food, you know, don't piss them off. Right. Um, you know, and I, and is that where you got into? Cause I, I was the other day, I like ran into Kyle in town and he's like, I was like, Kyle, you still doing that hot sauce business? Cause he was like, when he first got, he was like slanging hot sauce and he's like, 
He's like, well, yeah, I got hot sauce. <laughs> like, put out, like, three different kinds of hot sauce. He's like, you know, this one's got these peppers. This one's got these peppers. I mean, it, dude, I'm impressed with your with your knowledge. And I honestly, like, the amount of peppers. You said, yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of different genetics. and Yeah, I mean, yeah, we brought some. Uh, we have some really cool peppers here, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, I mean, lots of other products too that you can make. Um, you know, with the um, like capsaicin salves and things like that. You know, not just um, hot sauces, but uh, um, yeah, pesticides and things like. But that you're too. doing, you're still doing the hot sauce. That's something. You're still rocking the hot sauce. Yeah, yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> I've been told that it's, it's not, hot. It's hot. It is hot. Hot sauce. But I'm, I'm making some point. mild ones too, though. So. <laughs> So I've had special requests to, to tone it down a little bit. Well, I mean, I just don't know about jalapeno and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay, we, we'll talk about that later. Um, okay, well, I mean, I, I, I'm, so what's, what's like, the future for you? What's, like, what do you see here? What are you, what's, what's make, what are you passionate about right now? Sure. Um, so right now, the rainy season's coming here, so plant, mass plantus, planting, 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 um, I'm working with a couple of people in Alegria on their food plots. And, uh, you know, again, I'm bringing this information um, to the, um, the locals here could really um, benefit and, and use it. You know, these ultra low cost farming techniques are for um, farmers who, you know, don't have a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, but they're tr um, tried and, and true. And so, um, you know, bringing this knowledge here again it's taken a little bit of time i'm coming to a place where you know permaculture is so um you know i mean this is again the F, one of the epicenters um people from all around the world come here um to to learn specifically right inspired um, by steven and and steven brooks and yeah. like his you know and he's a permaculture teacher and his so vision yeah yeah uh and so you know coming at it with an open heart and, and an open mind, um, you know, being very um, respectful and just a kind of earning earning my way through through the ranks, you know. Um, again, coming in here, like, of course, you know, all I want to do is really help, but, you know, you have to, again, gain the trust of locals. And, um, you know, uh, our actions speak louder than words. And so, um, you know, proving and showing, like, hey, these techniques um, actually work and anybody can integrate them to not just their farm, but uh, to their lives. Yeah. And I know, I mean, one of the things I know about you is that like you're, pa I know, I know you're passionate about it because you're, you've showed up here just, just to help out at times, like yeah. just because you wanted to actually help. And that, that's, that's different than somebody that's just looking for a job. Like we have a lot of people who will do whatever for work, but like there's, it's different when you have a, people who are like, actually passionate about something yeah so. and you can tell that they, uh, they are and if they want to be here or if they don't uh you know mm -hmm. they want to work or if, if they won't <laughs> yeah you know Definitely. um so yeah well um you know i mean to flip the script what about uh finca vida better like what's uh what's what's the future uh for for here um you know what's the what's the next thing? I mean, you're doing this amazing podcast; it's super cool. Yeah, this has been fun. This podcast has been a, a really fun new thing. Um, yeah, well, right now we're in the investment phase. We're like, I'm getting all investor materials together so we can do another round of investment. Cool. Um, so that we can raise the money to complete the vision. And the vision, as you're asking, is, um, is to well, we have the op opportunity to grow our land. So we have the opportunity to buy a, a piece of land nearby, which is very exciting. That's the most exciting thing for me. So that'd be the first thing. Um, the idea 
the overall vision is to have um, an eco, it's an eco educational retreat center. I want to be, you know, we have a lot of ed permaculture educators. We have um, herbal educators. We've got astrologers. We've got yoga teachers. We've got Korean natural farming educators. I want to have the cent. This will be the center um, where people can can teach those courses and p and their guests can stay in comfort. Um, so we, we have some, you know, the next phases are going to be a couple more cabins. We've got, um, some renovation on the, the old farmhouse. Um, we've got, um, uh, a yoga deck, a lodge and, uh, and a, another exciting kind of a side project, but also involved in this project is our cafe. We're opening a public, a public cafe. Right on the right on the main Taco Tall Road. Sweet. Yeah, no, this is everything. I'm That's so great. excited about what's going on, and you know, having also growing as much as possible of our food right here on the land. I mean, I've been kind of planting it out. Like, you know, my my philosophy has been like, you know, don't don't leave yards. You know, I know, I know this is kind of this is kind of cliche. People say it now, but like, why have a yard when you can have food growing? I mean, it's good to leave a little bit of space for for like a lawn to chill out on like and that's good you design that in but like the rest of it to me is to just grow all the food and um and that's really what i'm passionate about yeah, yeah it's good well i mean the diversity here um in, in plants is um you know think of it is just a very unique unlike um <laughs> a lot of the farms uh, around here um not that um you know they're One's better than the other, but uh, this is um, you. This is just amazing place that uh, I'm very lucky to be a part of. Well, I'm so uh, the farm loves having you here, Kyle. In fact, we planted a tree earlier. We planted a a, a long gun, mm -hmm. um, which is like a, kind of like a mamon type of fruit, uh, really sweet. And yeah, I mean, I've been collecting plants here for a lot of years. I mean, that th I kind of see this. For me, this is kind of also operating as um, a plant library. Stephen Brooks uh, started a plant library in Punta Mona. Have you been to Punta Mona yet? I have not yet. Well, one day we'll go out there. I've heard. You'll love it. It's beautiful. I mean, Stephen's been collecting plants out there for, I mean, 25, almost 30 years and just creating, you know, creating a battery of, 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 uh, of plants. And I brought a lot of those here and then also from various other places I've been and collecting them and then creating a space where also people can then we can share them with other with other community members because the idea is to have food growing locally you know and and not just not be importing food at all really if possible and I love the idea of the Korean natural farming because I think it fits right into that because we need like cheap like you said we need ways to like create fertilizer I planted a row of corn over just right over there at one point and everyone was like what are you going to fertilize it with? You have to fertilize it. And I was like, I'm not going to fertilize it. Like, I'm going to, you know, but so I learned about some local methods with like compost and like you can compost pile on top of it. But I think if we had had some like more nutrient dense, like mm -hmm. microbiome rich mm -hmm. compost, it actually would have been more beneficial. And of course, the monkeys the mon came. <laughs> the monkeys came and harvested every ear of corn before it was really even ready i mean it was like a week away and and they didn't even eat most of it it was just on the ground so they appreciated it though yeah i think they i don't know and we share a lot of uh, uh food here with the animals and the creatures and uh you know so. yeah i'm pretty i'm you know my my i like having i like them i love the monkeys i like that they come here and i also feel like you know costa Rica, like 
it's a biodiverse area. And one thing I, I, I feel like is like, but humans also have to eat. And it's like, there's a lot, like people are always like planting food for monkeys and stuff. And it's great. We definitely need to leave these corridors and we definitely need to have like, you know, you leave, leave the canopies for these, for these animals and their food sources. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, like humans need to eat and like, we need, we don't need to be importing our food. We could be eating way more locally. And so that's kind of like my vision here is like, create a get as much growing here as possible so that we don't need to import as much and you know how much food it takes to like feed people it's people are always like are you is your whole community eating off the grid it's like hopefully one day but it takes a while to um to implement that and um close the loop as as we say you know to your farm and that way you're not um you don't have to really go anywhere you have all your food here you have everything um that you need um, as long as you have internet you know yeah, I know, but it's just a lot when you have a big group or something. It's like people eat a lot of food. Yeah, like you think about how many how many eggs, for instance, like a group, one group, like a group of twenty people, that they just two eggs each. That's eight. That's a or two, it's forty eggs. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's no chicken that lays forty eggs a day. That's a lot of chickens to grow to raise. Or don't have any chickens around. Well, no, I. I've chosen not to because yeah. of our, because we've had, you know, there's predators yeah. around and until we have a legit chicken coop <laughs> and a farm manager to like help manage those things because yeah. I, my energy and focus is like in the overall project development. And so I'm, that's going to be another part of the next level is not just building the structures, but also bringing in the people to help kind of like really get this place up to well, and that also gives opportunity to um, support a local chicken farmer, um, you know, as well. Uh, you know, true. we don't all have to have chickens. Maybe one right. person has chickens, this person has goats, you know, this, this, this. So, and, and that, you know, I mean, brings the community together um, and, uh, you know, again, has more diversity. Yeah, no, and I and you're right about that. Like that's I, I and I'm very aware of where the food comes from. I get all of my food from very few sources. If what doesn't come from here... We get weekly from um, from a farm up in Zarcero called Finca, uh, Tierra de Sueños, which and they're amazing organic yeah. farmers, third generation organic farmers. They deliver to this area. They deliver all over our communities. Like I, I'm like I'm. This is a dream. Even during COVID, I didn't have to yeah. leave the valley. I literally would walk sure. down the street, fill my backpack up with my weekly order of organic food yeah. grown from my neighbors. And I'd walk back home, and I didn't have to leave. Yeah. I mean, the the inputs that I did. I mean, I remember it was like olive oil and coconut oil. We we imported because the coconut. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't happy with the local coconut oil. Um, but the olive oil, you know, that doesn't grow here. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. I but I'm more and more. I'm hoping that we get some other people around here, producers mm -hmm. that are creating high quality products for yeah. because there's a niche. There's an there's an opportunity. It just needs to be done, you know, quality, yeah. right? You know, so Kyle, it's been super fun having you here. I'm excited for more Korean natural farming workshops here. And I've just been great talking with you. Thank you so much again for, I appreciate for everything. Um, you, uh, um, you are a very important part of my life and, uh, this farm is as, as well. And uh, just very honored to, um, to call you a friend. Uh, likewise, brother. Thank yeah. you. All right, everybody. That's it for Bless. this episode of La Vida Verde podcast. You can follow us on uh, YouTube, Spotify, 
uh, Apple Podcasts, La Vida Verde Podcasts. We also have a Patreon. We would love your support if you feel like supporting us because these things cost, these equipment costs money and stuff like that. Patreon.com and it's uh, La Vida Verde Podcast. Our Instagram is finca underscore vida underscore verde. Please follow us and subscribe to all these things. Um, we're having a great time. It's been a lot of fun, and we're not done yet, so stay tuned. We'll have more episodes coming soon. Thank you so much. I'm Matthew Human. This is Kyle Perry, and we'll see you next time. Pura vida. Pura vida.